0: sanctioned women's uci cycling show my name is dan with me as always is sarah and before she gets a chance to even say hello oh my fucking god what a great race that was (laughs)
1: actually it's lucky we're not doing it straight away after the race because i would have just been for about two hours
0: (laughs) yes i would have i would have ended up having to call emergency services in belief that you'd had a stroke um But seriously, seriously, mate, that was just a fucking great race. I honestly think, uh, I mean, I know this is a really easy thing to say after pretty much every race because it's so fresh and exciting, but I honestly think that is the best race I've seen this year.
1: Oh, I know. Oh, me too. I mean, oh God, it was wonderful. And you know what? It was, there was so much to love about it, but... What I want to know is, because I, you know, I've been following women's racing for you know, for, for a number of years now, but you're still relatively new to it, so can we start with your opinions on it? Tell me what your favourite bits were. What, what, what blew you away? What weren't you expecting?
0: Well, look, uh, there were a couple of things that, um, that really helped me, obviously, along the way. Um, clearly, this little project of ours um, and, and getting to know more about the riders and the racing and styles and blah, blah, blah. Um, But then also, um, wonderfully, my man crush DS Steph um, and (laughs) everyone's favourite pro riding surgeon, Brady O'Donnell, um, were live tweeting commentary of the race as well. So I had handy little notes coming in from Twitter and I was running rampant in the live thread on Podium Cafe as well. So I had the benefit of lots of smart people who know lots of things about cycling and women's cycling saying smart things too. But mm-hmm. that said, I really enjoyed the style of the race. We, we talk a lot about how women's racing by its very nature is different because there are different um, restrictions on team, the, the number of team members, the size of races and stuff like that. And the Olympics are a peculiar beast anyway in that regard. You know, smaller sizes yet still, and smaller (laughs) overall peloton, and and that's Mm -hmm. one of the key things is you know when you've got I think it was 66 starters, maybe 67. um, You know that bunch is going to ride it very differently to a group of 150 to 180. um, You know, regardless of gender, it's just the dynamic of the group. Um, But that said, it also is something, and I I commented on this in uh, an article I wrote for our our new blog. and and said that I think the women, because they race that style more often, really embraced it, and um, and so there was a lot more of the attacking, and I know you swear black and blue to me every week, you know, fuck shit, bum poo, that um, the women ra- women's racing is more attacking, but I don't think until I really got to see a whole race start to finish, I'd appreciated just how true that is. And from yeah. from yeah, the yeah. early attempts at breaks. And and the thing is, you know, like, the, it's really easy to dismiss out of hand, oh, an early break will never last because they can't get far enough away because the Peloton will never let them get that much of a lead and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I, to that I say Tiffany Cromwell won a stage of the Giro just uh, a couple of weeks ago with a 100k solo break. You know, these things are possible and that's why people try them. So the racing's still very exciting mm-hmm. right from the jump. But along the way, the attacking just doesn't really let up. Um, It was very interesting how um, Box Hill did play into it. There was some very aggressive attacking, but at both points on the climb and on the descent down the other side, which was really interesting to see. But the other thing that I think I got the most out of is that the style of attacking is really different, in my opinion. Um, Quite often when you watch, you know, particularly like a a Grand Tour or or a really tough one-day race where there there are known moments of selection, you know, you hit a particular climb in the Alps or, um, you know, you get to, um, you know, the Arenberg Trench in Roubaix or or whatever, everyone knows that the the bigs are pushing to the front and someone's going to make the attack now and you're going to get a selection. I think with the women... It works a little bit differently, rather than having the strong riders make a bust and, and a group of two or three getting away. Although that does happen sometimes, I think what I saw on Sunday anyway was a, a much different style of attacking, where um, it, it's attack and counter attack and counter attack and counter attack, and that just yeah. naturally whittles everything down. So rather than having you know one really solid attack and, and two or three people busting away you actually have a, a prolonged series of attacks that just knock everyone else on their ass. And eventually, you know, the group's small enough that then, um, you know, the writers on form on the day or with the best opportunity can can shake loose and, and go, to, go on to win, which is what we saw.
1: One of the weird criticisms, actually, was someone was saying on Podium Cafe, oh, well, you know, they're useless attacks because they're not sticking. But actually, it's not about that. It's about those fucking aggressive attacks. You know, if Ellen Van Dyke goes, and as soon as she's caught back, Luz Honolwijk goes, and then Ellen goes, and then Ellen goes again, and then Emma Pooley goes. You know, that's not about, can we get away? Although they want
0: to. Well, yeah, they want to, and they're trying to. But see, and I think this is the thing is, and, and when I say it was really good to be able to see a race from start to finish, I think it's because a lot of these sort of tactical elements really became much more clear to me. Um, because, yeah. you know, this is the precise situation that if you, if we just go back to the Tour de France a, a, a couple of weeks ago, um, would have disrupted Sky in the mountains if we had seen BMC and Leaky Gas and, um, or, or whoever else had riders do it, make attack after attack after attack, and Sky not in a position to just slowly draw back one rider at a time, but instead have mm-hmm. to chase and cover a series of attacks, Sky would have blown apart. And, yeah. you know it would have changed the dynamic of the race significantly. Now, it's not to say that we'd have a different winner, but you would have very different kind of racing. And that's one of the other key things that I felt for a long time, but it was really good to be able to see, was that um, I think a lot of people misunderstand because they're more familiar with men's racing. They're taken aback and not really sure how to respond when they see how different women's racing is. Um, yeah. and you know I drew the analogy um, between two different kinds of beer yeah they're both beer but they're different and that's a good and right thing and it, and mm-hmm. it really is they're, they're completely different flavours and styles of the same basic product and that's something to be yeah. celebrated and enjoyed for what it is I don't yeah. think that there's any compulsion or any reason I can't think of a single good reason why I would want to make women's racing like men's racing it's fucking great yeah, as it yeah, is
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think one of the interesting things was I was talking a lot on Twitter with people who'd never seen the racing, yeah. Yep. And, and I love that. That's one of my favourite things to do. I was doing my matchmaking service before the race, so you know, tell me what kind of rider you like, and I'll tell you who to support in this race. Um, but one of the things people kept saying before and after the race was, "Well, why aren't women's races as long as men? As long as men?" And you wouldn't believe the number of people who were men who were saying, "Well, this is because women can't pee," you know.
0: <laughs> they
1: happen in practice because of weeing and as we've all seen from Miranda De Vries' blogs
0: <laughs> there are a ways problemat- and means yes indeed
1: oh, I think I, th- I don't know I think it's the I don't know whether it's just that men can't picture it's Or just don't want to picture it, but that would be very sweet. But the sensible point though was people were saying, well, you know, why are women's races so short? And and when I started getting interested in women's cycling, I was worried about this. And I asked a load of the pros about it, because, you know, do you want longer races? And the answer was no. (laughs) You know, they're like, races are short, 140 kilometers over what was it, 260 for the boys? Yeah. But that meant that they weren't they knew they weren't going to be exhausted. They knew they had the energy to do it. They're used to riding this length of race, yeah? Yep. And they just they have the energy to attack. And if it comes down to give them another 50 kilometers or 100 kilometers and they're just knackered at the end, well, fuck that.
0: Well, <laughs> and I think that's actually one of the really interesting things. Again, I, I did mention this in, in my um, post-race recap where I said it does beg the question, why have you know an extra 100 kilometers for the men with less racing? Um, yeah
1: yeah yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah 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 and it's i mean it's also i think you know what i, I said this a lot before and i'm so smug obviously i'm smug but um, <laughs> i said before that i didn't think it was going to bunch sprint because this is so say you're in the dutch races you've got a situation where you've got you know a, i don't know a seven stage stage race yeah and it's all in the same i don't know 50 square kilometers and it's flat as a pancake yeah and they just do it all the time. There's a speed bump, attack. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bird singing in the tree, attack. <laughs> and it's lovely. I mean, it's just, it's that's, that's what they do. And oh man it was beautiful so as
0: a and it was it was absolutely glorious too i mean the weather was foul it was you know (laughs) it was all of the horrible wonderful things that make you love cycling in general i mean my heart just breaks for shelly Olds. she had the the best slash worst time of it um yeah oh
1: i mean she was she was in that final break and and she mechanicaled, and they had like the world's slowest times come back to her. And I don't know if you spread the interview with her in Cycling News after the after the race, but oh, the poor woman, just gutted. But you know, as she said, that's bike racing. It is. You know, sometimes it goes in your favour. If she'd have been in that break, and Lizzie or Sabine Skyer had punctured, you know, mm. it's. And if she hadn't punctured, it would have been a completely different race. You know, maybe maybe someone else would have come across. Maybe maybe they'd have got caught. Maybe they would have just started attacking. You know what I mean? Just, I mean, Zabelin Sky. I thought she was going to go at five k to go, and then I thought she was going to go at three k to go. But actually, she was in the medals. Then you yep. know, it, yep. like it didn't really make, it, She was guaranteed a medal. But had there been Shelley there, it would have been a completely different end game. And and I like that too, you know, there was no inevitability about this race. It was just, oh, it was beautiful.
0: And and the the ultimate moment really was just, uh, I mean, um, on on the caption of the the photo that I used um, for the recap, I I said, you know, Mariana crosses the line with tears streaming and a barbaric yawp. Because (laughs) that's, I mean, I've just, so much passion and tension and utter, I don't think I've ever seen a writer with such a more visceral and physical look of desire for what they've just achieved, um, crossing um, the line, I, it was, it's just stunning.
1: Oh, she's, and she's such a good, you know, I thought Lizzie Armitstead came off, and always the first thing she said when she got her silver was, that was the best day of my life, Yeah. you know, and... You know, she wanted. She had that really good interview where she was saying, "You know, I wasn't sure whether I should commit to the break. We talked about it, but I did." And you could see her. I mean, it was so much fun. There she was in the break, yep. exhausting Zablan Skaya to take her go. Yep. You know, really kind of waving her arms around, shouting at Voss. But you know, Busy knows there's no no shame to coming second to Voss, and her happiness and Voss's happiness and. Oh, I was so, like oh, it was just delightful. I was so, so happy.
0: <laughs> oh, it it was just, I mean, I was on a massive high too. It was just such a great race. And yeah, I mean, there is no shame in coming second. And I think too often, you know, in society at large, we place far too much emphasis on winning. Uh, yeah. When great competition and great racing and great effort are things that particularly in cycling, we know better. We know all about you know, domestics slogging it out on the front for hundreds of kilometres at a time. We know about suffering for little to no recognition or reward, you know. So, yeah, yeah fuck yeah. It was a great race um, yeah. and awesome. It was, and you know, I, I'm and, and just you glad said... that we get more races than one every four years. <laughs> all I need now is to make sure that I get end-to-end coverage of all of them.
1: Oh, mate, you know what, though? Bear in mind that... Oh, I was so proud to be a Londoner. I was born in London. I grew up in London. And actually, I was thinking about this. That actually, when you grew up in London, there's a tradition of going out and standing in front of, for example, the London Marathon for fucking hell the entire day in the rain. You know, um, it's it's bonkers. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. it's just bonkers. That's that's what you do. You're in London. You go stand in the rain for things because it's fun. And that spirit was so much in evidence there. It was in the pouring rain. It's not like the men's where we've seen Bradley, 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 cab, cab, cab in the media forever, you know? But that wall of sound and just, oh, you know, wall of cheering fans. and Well, that's oh, it. it was- you know, I was
0: watching the replay on YouTube the, the next day and, um, and the the particular clip I found had even better audio of that home stretch and just the shouting and the banging on the boards. And, oh, my God, it was amazing. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. and Liz- Lizzie said that she um she said i she couldn 't actually feel her legs and mm. um, she said she was going around in this wall of sound just carried by the sound, and yep. you would only notice after a while you stopped noticing it until you got to the quiet bits and then you you know and the, and then then her legs started hurting, and she started realizing she was in the Olympics, and then they 'd hit the sound again, you know the cheering, and it would just be. Can you imagine? And I'm so proud of my country. You know, these are like the best. These are the best. This is the biggest crowds they've ever been in. This is, you know, seven million people watched that race on TV as well. Watch that race on TV as well. You know, this is just. Oh, you know, it's no one can say women's cycling's boring after that. You have to be a real fucking asshole to kind of dismiss that, race. You've got to really be looking through your blinkers to see the negatives there.
0: Well, unfortunately, um, you know, this is the day and age of the internet, so I'm sure I'm sure there's no shortage of fucking assholes around, but <laughs> Well, let the not, internet. I'm
1: sure there's no shortage of fucking assholes around.
0: <laughs> let's let's not give them uh, any more attention than they deserve.
1: <laughs> can I can I just say something else I liked about the race actually? Please I mean do. I before the race started, I mean, okay, the Italians have won the worlds for the last uh three years, yeah? Mm-hmm. And it's um it's a really interesting thing because they've ridden on this really aggressive, attacking, improvisational way, yeah. That means that they've just driven everyone crazy and they've especially done that to Voss. And the Dutch have tended in the world to ride with one plan. And it's a fucking good plan because it's Mariana Voss. but it's been, you know, that's, she's never come less than second in the world ever, 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 which is just the most fucking incredible achievement. But today, um, today, but on Sunday, the Dutch showed that they'd learn how to fuck with the Italians. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, you know, when Van Dijk started attacking, you know, those early Van Dyke attacks, which were just for the fuck of it, you know, <laughs> and then when it was, no when it was Van Dyke attacking with Hunaway. And as you say, it just means everyone else has to chase them. That was just fucking incredible. I mean, that's what, that's what I imagine the Dutch sprinters are like. That's how the Dutch ride every other race. Yeah. Mm. But to see it in the Olympics was just amazing. Oh, I'm just so proud. So, so, it sounds really patronising, but I'm so proud of the Dutch team. they just, oh, to die for. But the other interesting thing was seeing, you know, it felt like the right person won. You know, like, the, the teams that were really, really active, you had the Dutch, you had the, once it got to Box Hill, it was Emma Pooley and Evie Stevens, you know. Yeah. It was it was the Dutch and the, and the British and the Americans who were really, really animating the race. I mean, apart from everyone else who had a go, because fuck me, I think everyone had a go at one
0: point. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> but,
1: but isn't it good? It's like, I mean, it's, it's not that it's unfair or it shouldn't happen. It's just that sometimes you get a race where one team's done all the work, yeah? And then some little bugger nips out from the back. And, and it's great racing, but you know what I mean? You kind of think, you feel a little bit, oh, you know, clever but it's not as satisfying when the right team wins.
0: <laughs> well, I think, I think it was even more than, you know, a question of, of the right team for me. I think it was more just that uh, there was no one in that three-up that I wouldn't have been satisfied seeing win. Yeah. You know, like, they'd made, you know, there, there'd been such a hard racing, aggressive racing, attacking racing, and then they'd made the decisive move, and however that played out, Um, you were going to stand proud, you know, it it was just, it's one of the things I like about cycling and one of my reservations about, um, the Olympics in general is, is just, you know, I, I have longer term socio-political concerns about nationalism in sport. Uh, but, but let's not get into that. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) But it's one of the things I like about cycling is that I can I can watch this race where, unfortunately, for, for me and my my national pride as it is, uh, none of the Australians had been able to make that move, which was a, a real shame. Uh, yeah. But still enjoy and appreciate and be really happy for how the race turned out. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I- it was fantastic for me. It absolutely was. It just I can't imagine a better showcase. And even even down to things like, I think, um, you know, obviously Lizzie got uh, a huge amount of press attention because it's her home games. Um, and, you know, even though she didn't get the gold, she she meddled and rode really, really well. But she was a great ambassador for the sport at the time too. Uh, down to even just, once again, just bringing some light to the more... Important but behind the scenes issues like, um, you know, wages for women in the sport and and things like that. I mean, just such a a fucking great ambassador. So um, honestly, I think it was just the, the best possible outcome.
1: Yeah. And did you see, did you see the things that she said that her in her press conference afterwards? I mean, Lizzie, uh, you know, we talk about Cab as basically running his mouth off and being a bit of a loose cannon and being outspoken. And Lizzie's a proper, I don't know if you have that stereotype of Yorkshire people anywhere else, but you know, Yorkshire people are known for blunt speaking their mind. (laughs) I mean, this is the, the thing that she said was, you know, she said in the press conference that when Pat McQuay's, gave her you know was chatting to her to give her the medal and stuff she wanted to bend his ear about women's cycling yeah yeah. (laughs) and she said at a press conference her quote is the sexism i have encountered in my career can get quite overwhelming and frustrating you just get used to it though and there's not much i can do about it now as an elite athlete but i certainly hope to after my career is over
0: exactly (laughs) but it's a brilliant quote and it's you know not a word of its untrue it's it's fantastic um And, uh, you know, for me, that's part of the celebration of of the whole thing, you know, that um, there was an opportunity to take that that um, presence and that awareness and and bend it to, you know, improving things generally as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with a sense of humor as well. It wasn't really having a rant. It Mm. was, you know, there she is answering the questions and and actually doing this in a very charming. She's very charming. You know, Um, she's she's exactly the type of person the British press would adore because she's, you know, she's she's. She's articulate. She's pretty. She's you know, an amazing—you know—she's amazing athlete. But she, you know what I mean. It, and and then when you sit, so you've got like the combination of Mariana's just just glowing. Mariana on the podium, glowing. You know. And I bet Mariana's doing exactly the same thing on Dutch TV. It's just we don't, you know. It's just we don't see it here. And then you've got Lizzie. It's just, it's just brilliant. And Look, honestly, and just,
0: the only thing that could have made it better would have been if she'd called Pat McQuaid a bit of a dick. But you know. <laughs>
1: I know (laughs) but there were you know i mean i am a massive mariana voss fangirl and that's not just the way she rides but the way she is the way she is with fans on twitter you know she she came off the road race a couple of years ago and she said that she was devastated to get a second but the support from her fans made her feel better and mm. her fans made her feel she won and it was going to be hard, but we helped her. You like, know, how can you not love a ride like that?
0: Well, it was, it was <laughs> similar with Lizzie on Sunday, you know, um, when, yeah. when she got back to Twitter and she was just, you know, I'm really proud. I'm really happy. It was the best day of my life, but thank you everyone for the support and, you know, all of that sort of stuff as well. It's, it's really, really sweet. So and she
1: said, she said she wanted to hug every single person who came out by the roadside.
0: <laughs> yes, and then instantly, I think two million lonely men followed her on Twitter. It was kind of weird, but
1: <laughs> Did you see did you see her tweet about um thanks for all the thanks so much for all the support and any, any romantic tweet should be like <laughs> teammate Lucy Martin?
0: <laughs> yes, I did see that. That was quite funny. Poor Lucy. Uh <sighs>
1: So, um, I mean, the other thing I really liked about the race, and this happens every time there's women's racing on TV, it happen with GP Plouet, it happened with Rhonda Van Drenth, it happens in the you know 2008, nine, ten worlds, is that so many people fell in love with the sport. You know, the the number of people who've just been who've been blogging, who've been blogging or tweeting, saying that they've never known women's cycling, but oh my god, it was great. <laughs> I love that too, you know, like you could see because of social media, real people falling in love with the sport and that just makes me happy. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) And um, yeah, and the other thing that we had online was um, it inspired one of the Podium Cafe writers, Majopi, to uh, write poetry and I believe you're going to recite this
0: for us, Dan. It did indeed. Um, For those of you who don't know, Majopi is one of the most brilliant, insidious and evil minds to grace the Podium Cafe. Uh, she 's the inventor of many wonderful things, uh, including the host to the white and black unicorns who predict predict good and evil outcomes for for various things, and also the amazing adventures of Barbie Barbie, which uh, you really should check out if you get the chance. Uh, Majopi was inspired she's been doing some great work for us on Prodium Cafe this year actually um, helping to corral live threads and and keep track of results and stuff for women's races so thank you for that Majopi Um, and she was kind enough to to write uh, a poem that she has called The Vossiad which I, I think in the grand tradition of the classic Greek poems like the Iliad um, you know, is is meant to be something that will be sung down the ages. Uh, so in a thousand years' time, some kid will recite this at school. Uh, I'm sure it'll happen. So, anyway, uh, this.
1: Well, I, I think we'll start. I mean, the singing down the ages should possibly start with you, my dear.
0: Well, I don't think I'll sing, but I'll I'll give it my best Greek chorus. All right. Okay. So, I, I believe this may actually be the inaugural recorded version of the Vossiad. So, uh.
1: <laughs> one of many, I'm sure.
0: Many to follow, uh, and probably improve upon. But anyway, the Vossiad, as written by Majopi. Nike, sing of the Hollandaise champion. The courageous fight in a foreign land, storm lashed, mud streaked, the grey eyed one battled to hold off the chase with just two at hand. Alloys or rivals? Both and together, the trio of talent's tireless toiling confounded the others kept them at bay and all the time her young spirit roiling to know at the end she must sprint for gold. We ere long can argue which thought it was pushed her to win and destroy her host's dream but hey in this case that's just what she does and note Hollandaise here does not mean the sauce it's just poetic for Marianna Voss.
1: Oh, I love that poem. Isn't she great?
0: <laughs> she really is. She really really is.
1: Uh, and then um, I believe I believe Majopi wrote another poem inspired in using using the words of well you, I I believe.
0: Well, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I um I was so excited by the race that I was uh, prompted to write a bit of a recap um and I was kind of excited about it. And then some people felt that my use of the term "postcoital" in the title may or may not have been appropriate or sexually charged or something. I don't know, um, but then I was also accused of being sweary. I don't know the what the fuck that's about or where the fuck anyone gets the idea that I swear a lot, but
1: those I was, bastards
0: I defended my honor and said, "Hey, look, I only said "fuck" like eight or nine times. I think pretty sure it was single digits, maybe. Um, and anyway, that prompted Majopi to actually go back and check, uh, which was really nice of her. And it turns out I only said fuck six times, which is pretty good. And she said, "These are her words. In put together, they give us another poem." So this is uh, the Olympic row race post-coital recap, as collated by Majopi and semi-technically written by me. Okay. Fucking great race. Fucking fantastic race. The women just attacked the fuck out of the race. Fucking cool. Fucking awesome. Fucking bargain.
1: <laughs> you really need you really need Dan's Poetry Hour to go with the uh, women. would go with the podcasts. <laughs>
0: uh, well, we'll we'll see if we can build an audience for one first, and then sucker punch them with the other. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was for my dear friend Majopi. May all the really sexy Doctor Whos shine favourably on her. And um, <laughs> that also raises another question for me, which is tangential but sort of related. I really, really, really want to know when we're going to get um, a dead sexy woman Doctor Who because I think it's about time.
1: Oh my God, you can't, well, I mean, this is the thing. There were all sorts of rumours in recent years that they were going to have um, Jennifer Saunders playing Doctor Who. Well, that's weird because
0: I was going to say, how cool would it be to have Dawn French play Doctor Who? That would be awesome, but, (laughs) you
1: know. Well, I think also, I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure. If you had a really sexy Doctor Who playing opposite a really sexy Alex Kingston, I'm not entirely sure the screen could survive.
0: I'd like to try. (laughs) Let's find out. We can always get more screens.
1: Yes, true. (laughs) But the Olympics aren't over.
0: No, they're not. It turns out they go on for fucking ever. But, you know, that's all right. Isn't
1: it great? (laughs) I'm just turning on my telly at the moment. We've got, like... The BBC has given us, like, 20 random Olympic channels. And it's on BBC One and it's on BBC Three, yeah? So... And if you watch it on BBC One or BBC Three, they... Just bounce you between sports. (laughs) Oh,
0: I know. That's what they do on the channel. The one free-to-air channel here, that's what they do. They just jump to things that they think rate well or are interesting or have Australians in them. It made the road races on Saturday and Sunday unwatchable. I want to murder whoever is in charge of that coverage. Uh, And (laughs) I'm aware that now that I've said it on the internet, I can't actually do it. But, you know, that's probably for the best. (laughs) But the point is, <laughs> it's coverage done wrong, and I yeah. am so jealous of you that you know all I wanted was one channel to watch one sport, you know. Oh, that's, just, we, just show me. Oh. We had
1: two. We had two. We had BBC all the so basically, what you do in the, in the UK is, is is once you fiddle around this random part of your set top box numbers that you've never been to before, there's like twenty odd channels, and the twenty odd channels will show you, I don't know, rowing. This is the rowing channel today. This is the swimming channel today, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And sometimes they have co- coverage, sometimes they don't. And if you're in Europe, there's also this amazing site that actually shows all the sports all oh, the time. Oh, I know.
0: I, I went grey and bald when I found out about that site. Uh, I mean, it's my own fault because I've been too lazy to set up a VPN or a tunnel operation for my computer. So. Um, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: yeah, I imagine there's a lot more Europeans watching online than there are actually people in Europe.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure the population of Europe has tripled, but you know yeah, yeah. that's but it's, fine.
1: It, but it's, it's you know like, but one of the things I'm finding though is we, I was talking about this with Sabetta on the internet yesterday on Twitter yesterday. Hello, Sabetta, not that she's listening, but <laughs> but it'd be great if you are. We love you. Um, but we was, she was saying that the, the gymnastics coverage from the BBC was really partisan, but they were so ecstatic that she didn't mind. Yep. And you get, like, the, it was diving and the gymnastics. You've got people who've been covering this for years, yeah? Yep. And they're just, they're just, it shines out of their voices. They're watching, I don't know, the diving, and they're just super happy. This is the everyone's watching it. They get a the chance to tell people what it is they love about their sport, you know, and it's on mainstream TV for the, you know, for the only time in four years. And it's so exciting. And everyone's brilliant. And oh my God, did you see that dive? You know what I <laughs> mean? Yeah. Just- I and I can really obviously I can really relate to that but <laughs> I well what I really mean is obviously I wish I had the chance to do that myself
0: but <laughs> I I did mean in the vein of um, your apology last week I did actually mean to give you an apology this week um, oh, really? uh, oh, uh,
1: just of, can, can we do it can we do it later so I can have more of a build up
0: <laughs> oh okay sure sure
1: or or, or or are you ready for it now? Seeing as you know, manly pride—you—you—you—in you, the same way as you prepared your heart to be stomped on last week.
0: You oh, know? I was—I was raised by a deeply religious family. I'm used to confessing my sins at the drop of a hat and being beaten. Okay. So,
1: well, I, well, I can't promise you the beatings, but okay. Apology. <laughs> I'm ready.
0: Oh, okay. Um, well, just I—I I do have to confess that I've been watching more of the Olympics than I thought I would. Uh, like, <laughs> like quite a bit. I actually watched, you know. Well, actually, this is kind of funny because it's a a bit of an accidental comment on um, the length of opening ceremonies. I had to get up very early on Saturday morning to take my parents to the airport because I'm a nice son. Um, And I heard that. I heard that snicker. Anyway, um, I got home and was like, okay, so I'll turn on the opening ceremony and watch the opening ceremony for a good couple of hours. Um... I missed a whole bunch of the early stuff, but you know, I, I was there for bits that I thought were good. Anyway, we got to the teams coming out, and yeah. I had to actually go out because I had breakfast plans uh, with a friend. Mm. So I went out and had breakfast with my friend, and then I came home and turned the opening ceremony back on, <laughs> and got to watch, got to watch the lighting of the cauldron. Oh. <laughs> So if it felt like it was a long ceremony, I'm just saying, just saying.
1: <laughs> I drank an epic amount of beer during the opening ceremony, but the weirdest thing was I just didn't get drunk.
0: <laughs> well, that's because you were still only having one drink an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: it. My body had metabolized all the alcohol. By the time I you, you
0: were actually sober the entire time.
1: It doesn't count as binge drinking if it's over 12
0: hours.
1: (laughs) Um. Oh, oh my God, the ceremony as well. You know what? There was the bit, I don't know if you saw it, but the bit in the middle, there's been some really funny right-wing rage about the ceremony because there they are, you know, celebrating the National Health Service and Windrush and all these fantastic things, but there was this section in the middle which was dedicated to the internet. Well, I found it
0: really interesting because there there was this clear demarcation between history and the future, but there was very little of the present, you know, so it was all the history all the way up to the NHS, which is history, and then into (laughs) the future of the internet.
1: (laughs) You bastards! No, the... <laughs> bit, you know, bit...
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got to make a British political joke. I'm a little bit proud.
1: <laughs> it's not. We don't give in that we don't. We don't let things go that easily. Fucking hell. We're going to fight for it. it. It might be under threat, but that's not means that we don't just sit there and watch it go. This is what may This is what Britain. Britain's all about the fucking NHS. <laughs> you know fuck me yeah, yeah. but there's no there was this bit I mean I don't it's really hard to tell how these things go over but that bit which was all about pop culture and modern families and stuff was just oh you know it was just so much fun it, all the good music you know having Freddie Mercury referenced in there and then and this is probably something that only Brits will get but they referenced all these things like you know the first ever lesbian kiss on British television from Brookside
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> and, you
1: know, there were all these moments that people just loved. And the only thing that the only thing that wasn't there was Doctor Who. Yeah, that was the yeah. only thing that I know, did the,
0: the, 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 the Tata should have appeared under the Olympic cauldron. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
1: But even even things like the cleverness of how they lit the flame, you know, before the before the race, before the, before the ceremony, they were talking about how oh, you know, will it be Prince William? Will it be David Beckham? And you know, no matter how many people like those those people, there's always going to be a load of people going, no, fuck off. You know, it's about sportsmen. It's not about royalty. Yeah, Beckham's a great footballer, but he's not an Olympian. You know, it shouldn't be about fame. So to have those, what was it, seven seven young kids who are young athletes taking the from well, seven however many Olympic British Olympic stars and lighting the flame together was just
0: <laughs> that was very sweet and very clever but it also brought about the single worst moment of the local coverage here when right. Eddie McGuire the um, anchor the Australian anchor who is somewhat of a celebrity here God knows why um, as the host of, of our broadcast called them, I kid you not, the Peloton of Potential.
1: I have no words. <laughs> <laughs> the Peloton of Potential. Well, it's nice to know that cycling vernacular is like part of modern day life, but...
0: I just... Oh my God, I just... Yeah, so uh, as as special, stirring, and uh, indelibly wonderful as that moment may have been, it has forever been sullied for me. <laughs> uh, that's
1: beautiful. And and I mean, you know, the next thing, of course, is tomorrow's ITT. Indeed. I'm going to be there, Dan, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to cheer for every single rider who comes past me. Like I've never seen a bike rider in my life.
0: <laughs> a,
1: couple of, a, a couple of years ago, we went to maybe it was twenty ten. We went to the track world cup in Manchester, and um, I, I, I came away after after three days of watching track, I couldn't speak, and I strained both of my arms, so I was in agonising arm pain, <laughs> and I couldn't speak from cheering.
0: That's awesome. I, I, I... I want to have to postpone next week's show because you're still recovering.
1: Oh, I I just it's so exciting. I, <laughs> I mean the itt the it, it the itt. We said this before. It's it's sometimes the itt is not so much fun to watch on TV, you know. But in real life, you get to see every rider and cheer for every rider and call them by name, you know. And I'm sure they're going to go past me in you know point four of a second or something. Yep. All I want is a start list so that when they're coming, I can just be shouting, Ashley, 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 Emma, Emma, Emma.
0: <laughs> so you so can shout like... the right names, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I find or, that helps. Or,
0: or depending, I mean, it's fortunate, I think, for for the women's uh, peloton that, that you do actually love all the writers equally because if there was, for example, a writer that you hated, it would be possible for you to deliberately re- shout their arch-rival's name um, <laughs> and, and really try oh, to mess with their it? heads. Um, right,
1: so basically, when so Wiggins gets around, I should shout, Vino, Vino, Vino.
0: <laughs> it's it's Well, he may think you're offering him wine and pull over. It's hard to say. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just as well that you use your powers for good and not evil. That's also oh, why it's... I'll probably never be allowed on the side of a TT course ever again. But, anyway... <laughs>
1: I mean, I mean, having—I mean, it's only what twenty-five riders. I don't think even twenty-five are starting, actually. But it was, you know, a place with twenty-five riders. It's, um, yeah, it, 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 it's kind of—it's an odd—it's—it's it's an odd thing. It's such a small amount of people that you can mm. love everyone, mm. and you know, everyone's going to be in the top twenty-five of the Olympic Games. That's pretty cool, isn't it?
0: <laughs> well, of those, who do you think we should be paying particular attention to?
1: Uh, Okay apart from all of them
0: <laughs> <laughs> narrowing it down slightly so so
1: okay so the person who starts as favorite has to be Yudit arm yeah uh-huh. um Yudit is fucking incredible this is her, um this is her fifth olympic games um she started off in 1998 where she won a bronze in the um, in on the track, and then after 2000 she switched to the road, and she was silver medalist on the on the road in the 2000 road race, 2004 road race, where she crossed the line giving a middle finger salute <laughs> <laughs> to the Russian Federation, which I always like, you know, you've got to love that kind of that kind of strongly worded message. <laughs> You know, translatable around the world. So Yudit I and mean, Yudit's the current world champion. She's so fucking fast. She's just um she's just phenomenal. Yeah. So you aunt, um riding for Germany. Yep. Uh, the reigning Olympic champion, Kristen Armstrong, I don't know how Armstrong's gonna go, yeah. She's she, she, she won in two thousand and eight and after the end of two thousand and nine took a year off to have a baby. Yep. And since then she's come back for the Olympics only. Uh-huh. yeah having having mm. designed having designed the course in the Exegy Tour yep. she crashed in the, I, I'm not laughing at her I'm laughing at the ridiculousness of the situation but having um, having designed the course in the Exegy Tour she crashed in the initial time trial and that was going to be the first time we'd, ever, we'd seen her go up against Evie Stevens and Amber Nevin um who are, the, who are the other two amazing time trialers, amazing American time trialers. So we don't know. We just don't know how she's going. Mm. Um, she was really, really aggressive in the earlier half of the race. I'm sorry if I suggested that she wasn't a team player before. I really am eating my words because she was really, really attacky in mm. the race. Um, well,
0: very, very and she was showing some good form at the Cascade Classic, uh, which she left partway through to to come over for yeah. the Olympics. But... I mean, as you say, it's um, a completely different um, beast and, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, she's worked out all the um, the kinks and cobwebs in coming back from that injury.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the next rider to watch absolutely has to be Emma Pooley, yeah? Uh-huh. Um, Pooley, one that she was silver in 2008. And yeah? this,
0: this TT course is all mountain climbs, isn't it? So...
1: Unfortunately, Emma Pooley. She won the when she won the um, when she won the gold the what, ITT championship in Geelong. Um, she it was quite a course, and Emma Pooley is known for going better in the hill in in the hills. Yeah, but uh, it, which is good. But this course is completely fucking pancake flat. We're starting by Hampton Court, which is on the River Thames. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're flat, 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 flat. But. The thing is, she does have the home advantage. When Poonie's cycling, she's just going to be cycling in a continual, non-stop wall of sound, yeah? She is going to have everyone screaming their heads off for her continually, and and that kind of thing can only make you go faster. You know, Emma, I, you know, I just, I, oh, God, I want it. I want it, Dan. I really, really, really want this to happen, you know? So I want her to win.
0: I'm a little unclear, Sarah. Um, first of all, is Hampton Court where they film EastEnders?
1: <laughs> yes, yes, it's exactly that. You're Excellent. It <laughs> and
0: secondly, um, it, 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 I don't know if you have strong feelings about Emma Pooley winning. I couldn't tell. <laughs>
1: I just want Emma Pooley to win so much and and again it's it's not just because I'm a british person it's because it's because she's She's such a funny rider. Her interviews are, are, are witty and self-deprecating and funny and passionate and full of self-doubt, actually, sometimes. But, you know, she's – she's and, and you just know that Emma Pooley will get off and they'll, they'll ask her in the, in, the, in, the, in the press conference something about, did Bradley Wiggins inspire you to win? And she'll come out with something really, really snappy at them. She's – you know, she's doing her PhD in geotechnical engineering, which, you know, seeing as mining is a theme of our podcasts.
0: I, as I um, – I enjoy saying lately Emma I apologise again but it's a cheap joke I know but I just can't not she's a gold digger I just (laughs) I I feel guilty and and proud at the same time it's terrible
1: I I, technically her kind of mining work is about you know making sure you don't um, collapse people 's homes through mining but yeah um yeah i mean emma she's she 's such a fantastic, funny person, you know she, she campaigns for amnesty, she does videos for amnesty international she 's passionate about social justice she's you know she 's intelligent she 's a spectacular rider she 's absolutely allergic to the peloton so attacks like luna she would rather ride she 'd rather ride in the wind for a hundred kilometers than ride in the safety of the pack
0: so so she's actually very anti-social you're saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I think I think I think the other riders think that because I mean I think it was Trofea Binder the other day and, and it was another race we uh, the other year and we got to see it all the way through again and it was shit weather and it was awful. And what we hadn't what you generally don't see in the clips is you see the you know you see the winning move where Emma Puglia attacked and then rides, I don't know, 70 kilometers solo and wins the race, yeah? But what you don't see is before she attacks and rides 70 kilo, kilo, you know, kilometers solo, she's attacked like 170 times. So the reason no one chases is just like, oh, for fuck's sake, if you want it that much, have it, you know, go, we'll, catch you. we'll just catch you later, but just, just I can't bear it any longer. <laughs> so, whoever? Watch. well aussies you've got shara gillow and shara is such an exciting young talent and um actually there's two riders in the race who are second generation olympians uh-huh. and shara's dad and olga zabelinskaya's dad both rode um in 1980 and in, in moscow indeed so you know it's that's exciting so you know zabelinskaya um winning a bronze medal beats her dad which is always fun um <laughs> but yeah so shara she's great um i think it's gonna be um I, uh, for the dutch ellen van dyke and actually this is really going to play into the hands of the du- of the sprinters yeah the sprinters and the trackies because although it's a long race it's completely flat so um ina Joko sorry i say that wrong ina Joko um she's she's a she's she's known as being the queen of the sprinters but she's got a fucking good time trial on her and you know she's just going to go all out on this um ellen van dyke from the Netherlands. Um, and then you get Clara Hughes. Oh Clara. If Clara can come away with another medal, I'll just die. Die, die, die of happiness. Um Clara's been to Well, the I'm
0: not sure what I should hope for now.
1: <laughs> Clara, this is what this is her sixth Olympic Games. She's um, she's she's been to six Olympic games this is her sixth Olympic Games um on cycling and speed skating. Mm. Um, She's never been to Olympic Games in speed skating where she hasn't come away with a medal. In fact, she's only been to one Olympic Games in 2000 where she didn't come away with a medal. And she's got something like a gold, um, two silvers and a bronze in speed skating and two bronzes in cycling. So, you know, if Clara, I think, I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe Emma can come first you aunt can come second and Clara Hughes can get bronze maybe
0: well she's already got two bronzes give her a give her at least a silver
1: okay, but I mean this is the trouble though though Dan I just want everyone to do well I mean the other people Linda willemson Linda Willemson's been on the ITt world's podium for like the last three or four years yeah she's the she's the new she's the she's the she's the, she's the Kiwi who used to be Danish yes and she's lovely lovely attacking rider, so watch out for Linda um Uh, Who else? We've talked about... Olga Zabinskaya used to be... um, She was the Junior World ITT Champion. So, you know, to look out for her. But, you know, it's just going to be a top quality field of amazing riders, and... Okay. It's it's just going to be a great, 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 great event.
0: Awesome. Well, (sighs) out of all of those then, um, and while I accept that you may or may not have feelings about poorly winning... (laughs) <laughs> uh, who do you think will win?
1: I, I'm not going to say that oh, because no? I don't I don't want to jinx. Oh, you know really? We,
0: we're going to be superstitious. Okay, I get it. That's cool. Yeah,
1: totally, totally superstitious. I know, I know it's a bit mad and arrogant to think that, you know, if I say this, they'll win, but I just don't, I don't know. Oh, who do I think will win? Oh, I don't know. I just... <sighs>
0: Uh, It's all right. I'm actually, I'm actually kind of proud that I've stumped you. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Well,
1: I'll I'll bet on Aunt's and I'll hope for Pooley. Okay. But I'll be really, you know, I'll be just as happy if Judith Aunt wins as well. You know, it's like it it would be Judith's retiring at the end of this year, and it would just be, it would be a really good, uh, it would be a really good cap to this fucking incredible career. I mean, this woman has got medals coming out she's got um medals olympic medals on the track and in the and on the road she's been world champion in the track on the road and and the itt you know in the road race in the itt she's got 20 national titles over her career and she's an amazing amazing advocate for the sport and i think she's fantastic but yeah you know yeah awesome. i yeah i so, but basically, I don't think, as you say, I don't think there's anyone there that I'm going to be disappointed by. I'll only be disappointed if some, please God, no, you know, if someone, you know, if someone like slips their chain or or or, or falls or, over, or dog,
0: yeah, that course, would be
1: terrible. You know, that yeah. would, that would, or, or, or falls over and breaks their collarbone by accident,
0: but yes, you no, know, yes, we but, wish we wish bad luck to no one. And
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Good fortune and strong legs to everyone. And may the best woman on the day win.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I'll be happy for all of them. So, you know, you have to imagine me jumping up and down and screaming my head off until I have a massive aden- adrenaline crash. And then- I'm I'm just and- planning to, to- do nothing but eat cake.
0: <laughs> well I hope it works out that way I, my, my plan was actually just to scan the crowds at the side of the course and look for the throng of police wrestling a crazed woman back from the barriers and go oh there's Sarah
1: <laughs> um, a couple, uh, in 2010 I went to Turingen and one of the most uh, one of the most, then um, no, last year 2011, 2011, one of the most embarrassing things was when Emma Pooley won a stage in Turingen and um, I was on the video because I was right at the edge jumping up and down and looking like I'd just been escaped from an asylum.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I look so mad. And the reason I know this because, um, you know, I think it was the lovely Jens or the lovely Ed um, found this clip and tweeted it on Twitter.
0: This, this, after porn is why the internet was made. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh... Oh, Good stuff. Well, look, I think it's time to. I think we may have just enough time left to squeeze in one more crazy idea. What do you reckon?
1: You see, I don't think you're crazy. I I think after your last week's crazy idea, um, having all Olympic events on bicycles, I don't think I can. I don't think I. I just don't think you can top it. So, but you know, I'm willing to give it a try.
0: Well, I mean, if you'd rather not, I've got. No, no, no,
1: no, no, no! no, no. I'll give you give you the opportunity to see it.
0: Well, we'll just see if this is crazy enough, okay? Um, I I don't know about in uh, the UK or the US or whichever country you happen to be listening from, um, Uh whether or not this has been part of the discourse in your country, but for the last uh, three or four years, we've been arguing quite heatedly down here about a a carbon tax, uh, you know, a pricing scheme for for carbon to... Filter through yep. the rest of the markets and so on yep. and so forth. It's it's finally been enacted, yep. but that's got me thinking. I think what we need to do is institute a cyclist tax that applies solely to businesses. Okay. But every every corporation that turns a profit of more than ten million dollars in a financial year mm-hmm. is obliged to sponsor a professional cyclist. Okay. <laughs> i mean it's it's a pittance, really, and you know given the the lengths that they go to I mean basically we're talking about corporations that are so large they hire entire floors of lawyers to get out of paying tax, yeah. so really, all we're talking about is them them paying one extra lawyer to ride their bike instead of getting them out of tax that's It's really all it is so. <laughs> and you know the world's better because we've taken a lawyer out of the equation, so
1: that's always good. That's a good. That's that. That's a good thing. So yeah, um, yeah. I think that was succinct, sweet, to the point. And yeah, how would they pick their rider to? Oh, I know how they pick their rider to support. Please, we'd give them one.
0: That's what I was thinking. See, we just match. <laughs> you know, as as a brokerage, we match. Um, you know, the rider in terms of temperament and style and audience with the the company and their their p r needs at that point in time and their their product base and their message and their ideal audience and and so on and so forth and uh and just go from there
1: <laughs> we're sorted we will we will we can we'll we'll make it <laughs> it's, i can't even say that with a straight face
0: i think it's it's too simple to to be anything other than you know an elegant solution <laughs> <laughs> I'll be campaigning at the next world elections on this platform. Okay,
1: well, I I, I, I don't know. I mean, you do realise that you're going to have some pretty stiff competition because I'm going to be standing against you.
0: Well, yes, but you do realise that we have to have, like, the Third World War and form a global government first. So, you know, odds are pretty oh, good. good we'll both be dead before then.
1: Oh, very good point. Damn it to hell. Okay, well, and if I haven't expired from excitement
0: indeed or been beaten by uh London police. I hope that doesn't happen by the way. <laughs> all right, well, my dear thank you very much for the preview. I hope that you travel safely and enjoy very much enjoy the uh the ITT and um I look forward to hearing back when we speak next week about how it all was.
1: Oh, um, thank you. And I'll be um you know, I'll just be I'll just be there. I'll cheer for you.
0: Please do. <laughs> Please do. And um, in the meantime, if you have any poetry requests, please feel free to send them through.
1: Yes, and we should actually probably tell people, since we now have a website, where they can find the links to all these exciting things.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we have a thing called uh, prowomencycling.com. Uh,
1: That's simple succinct and to the point
0: it is it is indeed and that will be the future home of the podcast if you're looking for it directly Uh, you'll still be able to find it in all the usual places the iTunes uh, podcast section and of course on podium cafe Uh, we will occasionally be having other articles and things published there so feel free to you know have a bit of a read drop by leave a comment or send us hate mail look forward to it all
1: hate mail is all good but yeah um, and and when we all the fun things we talk about hopefully we'll put the links on there as well
0: indeed Uh, so everyone enjoy the ITT enjoy the Olympics and we'll speak to you again soon goodbye alright bye bye